This is Jerry Mason, the Kicking Lawyer, and I'm inviting everyone to join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. on the Kicking Lawyer fan page on Facebook for Law Talk Live, where we discuss business, politics, current events, and the law. If you miss the live version, you can watch the playback on YouTube or listen on your favorite podcast platform. All right, it's Jerry Mason, Kicking Lawyer, and we are live for another Law Talk. Thank you guys for joining us. We're a little early today, so hopefully people will get on here. It's all good. Earlier the better. Uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe to our uh, content on all podcast platforms. We're on YouTube, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, etc. We appreciate that. Share, comment, whatever makes you happy. You can go to TikTok and watch Josh do dances. All and dances. sometimes I talk about law and stuff. Uh, just check us out at Kicking Lawyer. Lots of fun dances. NA the band is a local band we support a lot. You can go to anywhere you listen to music, uh, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, etc., and download Inside My Head. It is free, free, and it helps those guys out, so please do that. Our longtime sponsor, Michelle Allen. She's with Cry Like Realtors. If you're buying, selling, renting, leasing real estate, Michelle is your go-to. She's also a genuinely good person who comes to my other business, The Seller, so I'm very thankful for her. Uh, Mason's High Team Martial Arts in Covington. We've been open since 93 you can visit masonsmartialarts.com, 30 years in business, and we'd be glad to teach you to kick people in the face, fight zombies, whatever makes you happy. Uh, the Cellar Restaurant Prohibition Bar is located off the square here in Covington. We're open seven days a week. We have brunch on Saturdays, Sundays, live music Friday, Saturdays, trivia on Tuesdays, just constant tons of stuff going on. Uh, you can visit cellartn.com or the Facebook page on that. And then we got Josh's Masonite Digital Marketing. He'd be glad to help you with your video, commercials, uh, online brand presence, uh, websites, etc. Just go to masonitemarketing.com. Last but not least, the Covington Comic Con returns to Covington, Tennessee. The Covington Civic Center, August 12th and 13th. You can see all the vendors, all the fun cosplayers, uh, budget Batman, creepy panda guy, etc., at the Covington Comic Con, and so join us for that. Uh, guest announcements on the Facebook page now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You can visit CovingtonComicCon.com and get tickets. Or uh, I think we're almost done with vendors, but if you're interested, let us know. Joining me today is Miss Emily Gunther. How are you? Doing well. How are you, Jerry? Good, good. And we were blessed to have your uh, your better. I don't want to say better half. Your other half. How about that? He's the better half. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Last week on the show, Stephen. And uh, so, how are you? I'm doing well. Doing good, well. good. And you guys run the broom closet, correct? We do. And you have two locations. One yeah, lo do. We have two nice. now. Tell us where they are, real quick. Uh, so our original location is in downtown Memphis at five five two South Main Street, and we just opened a couple of months ago into Jackson, Tennessee. So we're on Carriage House uh, Drive in Jackson now. Nice. How's that going? It's going well. Is it? It is. So tell everybody a little bit about what your business provides, uh, what they can expect to find there, etc. The Broom Closet is, we're a metaphysical store. We sell items and um, accoutrements and anything you might need for alternative spiritual uh, practices and religions. Uh, so candles, incense, uh, crystals, jewelry, uh, also books and tarot cards um, and other items that are used uh, in like what you might say conjure hoodoo practices. So how did you get how did y'all get into do that idea? It's it's not a, it's not an exciting story. <laughs> okay. Um, now everybody has like these great like this is how we decided to to build our business. And uh -huh. It was I got fired from the job I had previously. Um, had been a rough a rough patch and we didn't really know what to do i was job hunting i wasn't having a lot of luck and i had always sort of had this idea this daydream of when i retired uh, because i'm a millennial i'll never live to retirement but when i retired i was going to open this little store and sell herbs and it was just a weird little dream and i never expected it to to be anything it was just something to kind of think about you know when you were at work and Stephen, being the businessman that he is, said, "Why don't we try it? Mm -hmm. You know, you're not you're not doing anything else." And my argument was, "But we need money. <laughs> Opening your own business doesn't necessarily bring you money." This is very true. Uh, but we did. We opened. We tried it for a year, as as we decided we would, and it's been eight years. 
Oh, eight years. So the Memphis location is open eight years. Yes. Did y'all relocate or has it been in the same spot? No, we've moved a couple of times. That's what I thought. I want to say I had talked to him about that some. So in that realm, so when you say that kind of stuff, because I'm always very, I told you earlier, I'm very interested in that, that all of that. The, the whole potential witchcraft, pagan, all those things are interesting to me. And I think if you look at, so I'm a Christian, right? Yeah. But if you look at the history of Christianity, my views on Christianity often con- conflict with modern Christians. And part of the reason is if you actually look at the history of the religion, they were really good salespeople. And I don't say that to be uh, a negative. I mean, it's, 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 for the religion, it was a positive, and, and that's what I believe. But like they took a lot of pagan holidays, mm-hmm. rolled them into all of a sudden they were Christian holidays. Yes. And so there's a lot of root in that because it wasn't well received initially. You had people that believed one thing, just like now if all of a sudden you come in and tell somebody you're going to think this. Yeah, same thing. My point is, so all of that I've done, like I read a book about um, uh, Druids, the history of the Druids. I've read on yeah. that. We even got some books on uh, like witchcraft and stuff but I so I guess let me ask you this how it's hard it's hard to say this question I'll just mm-hmm. ask you so like spells and all that stuff do you believe all that's possible can you do it how does it work yes yes and yes okay um, I do believe it's possible and I oh I wish Stephen was here for this he has the best story ah um, and he he knows a lot more about the Bible than I do he was he was raised uh um, in Christian schools, was in a conservative Christian religion most of his life, uh, went to training to be, you know, he spoke in the church. Um, but yes, yeah, spells are, are real, but also you have to believe in them. If you don't think it's going to work, it's not going to work. So the person that's the target would also have to believe it's going to work? Yes, but that is... That goes to the assumption that you're doing a spell on someone else. Most, I'm not saying that doesn't happen. It, it does. There's plenty of people in the world. But most people that do spells, we're doing them for ourselves, on ourselves to help us break bad habits, to gain the job we're trying to get, to, to better ourselves in our lives, which is really what magic or spell work is supposed to be for. So, and then also, I would think that if you believe... Well, we'll clarify for me. I guess you would have different types of magic, right? The reason I say this is a lot of people that are on like a witchcraft view are sort of, I don't want to say anti-Christian, but maybe don't believe a lot of the Christian stuff. And to me, you can't really have one without the other. You know what I mean? Like if you got uh, witches, that's mm-hmm. inherently means you got to have the good, you got to have the, the light side and the dark side, right? Teach no. me. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's all way more complicated. Um, so you can you can do spell work. You can do magic, regardless of how you identify religiously. So a Christian could do spells. Oh yeah, there there are spells in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I agree. That's why I say that the Bible doesn't say that witchcraft spells all these don't exist. It actually sort of supports it. it. it yeah, there's plenty of. Doesn't sort of. I guess it does. Um, but my point is like. I guess if you believe spells are possible, then why wouldn't you believe in Christianity? You know what I mean? Like, it's all part of the same story. That's true. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I would say a majority of our clients um, and customers at the broom closet would, if you pressed them, say, I was Christian. Uh, a lot of them will, will volunteer, like, I am spiritual, I believe in God, but I don't really like the church as mm-hmm. an institution. And we're seeing a little Well, bit, I agree with that. Yeah, we're seeing a little bit more of that. But, and there, there are books on Chris, um, Christian witches, because um, witches essentially, I do spells. I manipulate energy. Um, and again, that's, that's not a religion. Anybody can do it. People that are agnostic or atheistic, Christians, anybody on the pagan spectrum, um, and probably anybody in between. But as a religion, there are religions that, paganism, that's the big umbrella term, like Christian's the big umbrella term, and then you have all your denominations. Yeah. Um, so paganism, we have the same problem. It's the big umbrella term. There's 
many, many, many denominations uh, because a lot of people just kind of make their own up too. We have a lot of solitary people who don't officially join any any organized part of paganism. Uh-huh. Uh, and so when you start to bring religion into it, which is deity worship, Mm-hmm. Then you get a little bit more. Can I be a pagan and a Christian? Well, the pagans are probably going to say no, or probably say no. But if that's what you want to do, you can do your do you. Yeah. But the Christian church is going to have a harder stance on that than we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've I've said this for a long time. I'm a, I'm very open that I'm a Christian, but I'm also against organized modern organized religion. I think it's a big business. I see business uh, signs in it because I run several businesses and they do a great job at it. Now, I'm not saying that's always a negative, but I think sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. What I was going to say, though, is as a Christian, at one point, especially early in my um, uh, adulthood, I sort of identified as a Buddhist Christian because okay. the Buddhist principles aren't necessarily religious. A lot of Westerners mm-hmm. think they are. It's more of a way to live than mm-hmm. it is worship the Buddha. Right. And I think if you take it to that point, obviously that does conflict with Christianity. But my point is, I underst- I think I understand what you're saying. You're sort of saying the same thing, that one doesn't necessarily X out the other one, obviously no. depending on your views. But I would think that a lot of Christians would be hostile towards those type, that type of thinking. I think a lot of them think it opens the doors to stuff. Like back when there was the initial fears of Harry Potter. Oh. You know? Or Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, or Dungeons and Dragons in the yeah. 80s. Yeah, it was a big deal. So do you have, so again, Harry Potter, what do you think about... Uh, you know, you seem to have a lot more experience in how accurate that stuff is than, than I would. What do you think about the whole Harry Potter thing? I love Harry Potter. Yeah, I do too. I read um, the books. I think they're good. The books are good. I've seen most of the movies. Um, the the Harry what I call um, oh God, what's the word? Canon. What I think of as canon Harry Potter, the you know the the eight movies or whatever, yeah. seven or eight movies. I think we're good. Um, political issues aside where it's like I feel bad admitting I'm still a Harry Potter fan with all of the JK Rowling uh, drama what's the drama what did I, what oh, did you hadn't heard about it uh, yeah. oh it's it's she old. made some yeah some statements uh, about the transgender community and yeah oh. it, it offended a lot of people. oh I missed all that yeah um the this I think some of the if I remember correctly um some of the ethics and the, the teachings about magic and spell work, I think, is is about as accurate as you can you can get some random woman to write a book about yeah. magic. But it, it's also a lot of of Latin words uh-huh. and wand waving and things happen. And I wish it was really like that, but it is not. Well, so I, and I hate to keep talking about it. I'm just very interested no, in it. So nobody's ever. I told you before. So just so you guys know, I don't ever preface these inter- interviews at all. We just show up and talk. And then there's always really controversial stuff I want to talk about. And 99% of the time, the uh, the person I'm interviewing doesn't. You know, you're in the rare seat that's similar to mine and that there's no one over you other than potential clients. You run your business. You re- get paid or don't get paid. I understand. Exactly. <laughs> All of my stuff right now is the same way. So I understand people that are hesitant to talk about things because they got a boss or whatever, the perception they're worried about. And like she said... <laughs> which I guess is a oh, good I sign of boss. how this works. At the beginning, I asked her, like... Uh, you know, could we talk about like witchcraft and stuff? And she's like, well, it's, you know, whatever your view. I was like, I don't care about the viewers. I'm really interested <laughs> in myself. So <laughs> I think that that's a good point. Anyway, I'm interested in it. So give me an, ex- could you give me an example of like a, a spell, like how it works, like what you would do and then maybe why they would need stuff from your store to do a spell, like how that yeah. works. Okay. So what, let's talk about the idea of cord cutting because this is something that comes up a lot uh-huh. I I also write a bi-weekly column for the Memphis Flyer publication nice uh, and my first not my one of my first uh, articles was about cord cutting because it it's popular it's it's necessary I think I don't know what that is and it is it is the idea that we as humans have, attachments to people usually Mm -hmm. but also places and things and a lot of times those become negative attachments like your exes or um the home that you were in when you were younger and it was an abusive relationship you know abusive family okay but you end up forming these these strong feelings whether they're positive or negative to these people places and things and then it's hard to move on Mm -hmm. like we you know with the X thing, it's, you know, well, I still think about them all the time. And every now and then they pop in my head and then I have to get on Facebook. And and it's just that that sort of inability to 
release that attachment and move on. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to a lady earlier in the store about this. So cord cutting is helping to sever that connection, that tie to, it's usually a person, Mm -hmm. to that person. And it's not easy necessarily because usually we had strong positive feelings and then something happened and now we have possibly strong negative feelings, you know, which are confused by the strong feelings we had previously. And it's a mess, right? Mm. We all have exes. And so it is a spell that can help you cut that attachment. And it doesn't necessarily work the first time. Um, the, the more complicated the relationship, the stronger the feelings, the more you're going to have to do it um, until it, until it kind of goes away. Uh, so you can, if you want to do them with visual items, physical things, so that help you visualize, help you remember, help you think on what I'm trying to do. That is what all the things that we sell in our store are for. They are visual, tangible things to go, oh, hey, yeah, I'm supposed to be not worrying about my ex. Mm-hmm. So you take two black candles. They can be big ones, little ones, whatever works for you. And you tie thread or string or something around both of the candles. And you set your intention, which is basically, I want to do the cord cutting. I want to release my ex. You burn the candles down. As they burn, the cord will catch fire and, and separate. So that is a physical representation of I'm releasing this tie, this cord. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, it's a good idea to let the candles go ahead and burn down, kind of dispose of all of that. Uh, you can do it visually. Steven and I talk a lot about mental magic, which is kind of where a lot of people end up at some point on their journey, which is I don't need the candles. I'm just going to do this in my head. So you can do a visualization. You can imagine seeing a cord coming from you off through through the space, you know, at some point attaching to this person that you don't want to be attached to. And you cut it. You can do that with your hand. You can visualize chopping it in half. You can get a sword, a scissors, whatever you have. You can call in um, spirit helpers. St. Michael is a great one for this. He has a big fiery sword, really great for cutting things, and cut through this attachment. And the more that you do it, the the I guess not the the lesser you have an attachment to that person, mm-hmm. and eventually it will go ahead and sever. Well, in some ways, that's like therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I, I go to therapy a lot. Spicy therapy. I yeah. know it's probably shocking to folks, but I, I got a lot to work on. Everybody it, needs yeah, to go to therapy. Even if you think everything's perfect, you should go. No, you should definitely go if you and, think uh, everything's perfect. There's a, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, similar things you just said are very similar to what I've heard in uh, in therapy. So so I guess then I would ask this. Well, by the way, you know who needs to do that spell? Sitting over there. <laughs> what? No, I, yeah. don't, I don't need to do that. That guy, spell kit. That guy yeah. has been struggling for 20, no, not 20. Uh, how long ago was that, Josh? 12 years? 13 years? Uh, yeah. No, it was just a lesson, man. What? No, I don't struggle. No, with. you still to this day don't. You just still, yeah, we'll talk about it later. I'm not going to bust you out, but everything you just talked about. Oh, sugar over there. He needs to, yeah. he needs to do that. I might, I might need to come buy some candles. I don't yeah, know. yeah. What I was going to say, though, is so what makes that different, though? Where is, is, I guess, where is the magic at? I mean, I get that that's, maybe some people think that that's magic, but it seems to be very similar to what therapists would have you do. When I think magic, I think that there is, you're using uh, either, either a, a deity of some sort or demon or whatever, or spirits or you're using uh, energy you know what i mean like there's Mm -hmm. something that's that's magic is that not generally the way it works is it really more just mental power it is mostly mental power absolutely uh now there is there's no reason that you couldn't ask for help from a deity or um an intermediary such as the saints uh, or other spirits that that'll work on your behalf. Mm-hmm. There's a whole slew of those. Uh, and yes, having them you know, support you or to lend their energy to your workings will, will make it go better usually, make it happen a little faster most likely. But magic, I say this all the time, magic is not a magic pill. Magic requires work. Um, and Man, it, it sounds it, like therapy. It, it, <laughs> it is therapy. Um, but it's, it's not instantaneous Mm -hmm. and it's one of those things that you as the person that's wanting something 
you have to do everything in your power here in the in the physical world to make that happen you can't do a spell for a job and you never put in a job application yeah that's not going to go very well but if you do a spell for a job you put in the job application you follow up on it you you put yourself out there you take good headshots you spam them you be the squeaky wheel you finally get the interview you show up the magic's going to kind of ease the way for you and it's going to help it's not going to do the work for you yeah so it sounds like it's kind of like manifesting things which I believe in. I believe that through is. visualization, Not you can all. cause a lot of things to happen. Yes. And uh, so it sounds like it's sort of to help you target, manifest that goal, that yeah. that change or that whatever it that's is. It. Yeah, but that's not a. I guess that's what you just said. It doesn't it's, sound it's as magical. Sexy. No, <laughs> yeah. not. No, it's it's much it's much more magical um, and exciting in Hollywood. Uh huh. But real life. There, there are, we say sexy a lot, there are sexy parts of it, um, usually kind of the religious aspect of it, if you, if you have a religious aspect to it. But spells on their own, it, it is, it's just manifesting, and it's using visual props to go, hey, I'm burning this blue candle because I need to, I need to chill, I need to calm, I need to have a peaceful environment. Blue is a great color for that, so we're going to burn a blue candle for that. And, you know, maybe it puts out peaceful vibes into the atmosphere. Maybe it's just you looking at the candle and going, oh, yeah, calm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a lot of meditation is taught with something you focus on. Because I did martial arts my whole life. Right. And we do, we I used to do a lot of meditation. And, and now, honestly, kind of because of the stigma locally, uh, I don't really train. I, I've trained my high-ranked students in meditation. But it takes a long time before I trust that they're not going to think I'm crazy. But like in a lot of Eastern cultures, to meditate, they'll they'll be like a gong they hit, and you meditate on the sound or the om sound or a mm-hmm. bell or a candle. Yeah, it's just to center and focus on things. Um, so I mean, I believe that there's a lot of things we can do with our mind that people underestimate, and not like, I mean, I guess in some ways it'd be magic. But me, it's more targeted manifestation of the goals you're working on that that's you're staying focused on it and like you said you're not you're not being sedentary and sitting there and just expecting it to happen right so that's much more relatable i think Um, what about stuff like tarot tarot cards and stuff like that i i have a deck in my purse oh Um, really you want to do a reading can you do 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 you do those i can if you want oh yeah let's see and let everybody see and as long as you don't tell me i'm gonna die tomorrow uh, no. No, tarot, <laughs> I will grab them. But tarot is a divination tool, which anybody can read. I, I tell people, if I can do it, you can do it. Because I, I didn't really want to learn how to read tarot. It was part of a class I was taking. And then once it was over, I was like, oh, thank God, never have to do that again. But it stuck in my head. And I would start relating things like, oh, that's kind of like this tarot card. And I'm like, oh, I should go back to it. And so I've been reading professionally for about 12 years now. And it gives you advice. Mm -hmm. It's like going, it's almost like going to your therapist. It is going to a third party who knows nothing about what's going on and going, hey, what's going on? What would be the best thing for me to do? You know, maybe how should I handle this? Um, Tarot doesn't predict the future necessarily. The future is in flux. Depends on what we do. Depends on what happens next. But it can show you how things are most likely to play out. Um, it's not going to give you lottery numbers. It's not going to tell you how many kids you're going to have. I have had somebody ask me that. Um, but it, it's it's a, it's advice from mm-hmm. a stranger, essentially. Yeah. That's okay. Sorry. I nah. got too, Josh always fusses I have too much crap on the desk. <laughs> it's all stuff I like, though. Um, I've had my I've had the tarot card readings twice in my life. One of them was we were my wife and I were on vacation in somewhere, and in the restaurant was a, a lady sort of in the back corner doing paid tarot card readings. And actually, the stuff that she said was kind of on point, really. But you know, I, w- I always wonder about the tarot card thing. Is it like? When the people come up and they're going to read your, um, you know, you sort of cold read people and they're like, does anyone, has anyone lost someone name? Starts with a T, starts with a T and they're like, Tom? And like, yes, Tom. And, you know, and then it sort of narrows in. So, because I know they can have different meanings. Yeah. Uh, so that is what you're talking about feels very, it's, it's like a mediumship, which mm-hmm. is 
talking to our our dead loved ones, mm-hmm. which I can do. I'm not particularly great at. I am I am much better about talking to spirits that have never been human. Let me put it that way. Never been human. Like haven't been born yet or something no, else? No, things like deities, um, land spirits, spirits that are attached to to the land. Um, so that that's more like druid, uh, pagan type. That, it's, it's much more of a pagan belief system, okay, yes. Okay, I got you. Um, I have talked to dead loved ones of people before. Um, I don't practice very much, so I'm not particularly good at it, although that is on my to-do list. Do you see a dude standing behind me? Supposedly there's a ghost that comes in here and, like, stands behind me during, um, the, during the show. No, I hadn't noticed. Okay, good. Uh, but I know there – I know I was not here, but I know there are spirits here, and I didn't get to come play with them when the rest of my team came. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's okay. Yeah, well, you're always, we're welcome to come back and check on that any time that I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what you doing tonight, Jerry? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. We got our trivia final at the cellar. There you go. You won't be here. It'll be fine. <laughs> but tarot cards are – you know, there's there's hundreds, probably thousands of these. It's different artwork, mm-hmm. but basically, if you can learn tarot, you can pick up any tarot deck um, and read with it. So they're the same, even though they're different art. They're different the, art, but yeah, the same cards. Same cards. All tarot decks have seventy eight cards in them. Do you know the history of where it came from? Like, no. I just wonder who came up with that. Was the card deck? Not. I don't know that anybody truly knows. Uh, there there are some books out from people that are kind of tarot historians you i guess you might call them Mm -hmm. who tried to find the origins of tarot some people believe it goes back as far as ancient egypt um as someone who has been wildly interested in ancient egypt my entire life i don't think i've ever seen proof of that but i don't know everything either you and my wife need to talk yeah she's into all this kind of stuff like she's into that there used to be uh advanced cultures that don't exist anymore that predate known history that she's big into egypt stuff Mm. and anyway she's into all that i'm i'm a more it's right here type guy yeah (laughs) i i don't know where i am i'm all over the place but um but a tarot i think the general um consensus for most people is that it originated somewhere in europe probably France or Italy or some combination thereof, um, possibly with the, the Roma people, the what we might now call gypsies. Mm-hmm. And was it either a card game originally um, and became kind of used as a divination tool uh, or maybe was created as a divination tool. I don't, I don't think anybody has a, a hard and fast answer on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and tarot is very reflective of that in some cases. It's, it has a lot of... Um, Medieval's the word that came to my head, but that's not the right word. Well, line. once Christianity took prevalence, I would think that nobody would have admitted that they did tarot readings. You know, Correct. at least in the Western world. Right. So uh, uh, there's no telling. And and yet there, you know, there's John Dee, who was the astrologer was his title, but he was um, basically the occult advisor to royalty in England. Uh, there were other ladies in France who would read for um, government officials, royalty, even even in the White House, particularly with the Reagans. They had their own astrologer who some people have said had more influence on the White House calendar than the president did. Hmm. So That's odd because he was super conservative. It is a very odd trend. Yeah. Uh, kind of relationship but the Lincolns as well you know obviously when Mrs. Lincoln lost their child she got heavily interested in the occult um so it's 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 been around Mm -hmm. yeah it was a little closeted a little underground and they can go to the broom closet to buy some if they want to do you show them any stuff with it if they go there can they get like a preemptive lesson I wish we had time for that. Okay. You know, we can we can show them some samples of the cards so they yeah. can kind of get a better idea of what they like. We can talk to them, answer questions. We do offer readings. So mm-hmm. if they want to sit down and get an actual reading, they can, but but no, we don't we don't really have the time or the the setup to go like, here's a little tiny reading to, mm-hmm. to make you want more. Well, I'm sure a lot of them come in and have some idea about it anyway. Usually if they're asking, they do. <laughs> the the first reading I told you about, the second reading was a very very young girl whose uh, family was involved in a play I was doing at the Ruffin Theater here. Mm-hmm. I say very young. She's 15 or 16. That's pretty young. And she uh, 
she did a reading and it was actually again pretty dead on but again it's one of those things where i always wonder oh you know it's kind of generic enough to where i could see how it applies to lots of folks so that's why i still have some skepticism on it um anyway but i'm open to it that yeah that's all that matters yeah and they can be very general particularly if you don't give it direction mm-hmm. you know we we encourage people that come in for readings to have either a, a specific question or an area of their life they want to look at because if you're like oh just what do the cards say it's going to be vague yeah um so the the more direction or the more focus you can give it the the more direct of an answer you're going to get hmm. what's well, a good question josh you should ask about the success of the future success of the businesses of the business no so, pressure. Do, so do do business in general can you do like hey should i how about this i'm debating i'm not debating we we're, we're trying to do it but i'm at a point where i don't necessarily have to we're going to open a book a vintage book and record store here in town it's gonna have like a recording studio in the middle of it that's why all those records are over there is we've already gotten stock and stuff for it um but like i I mean there's some fear there i'm i'm all about a lot of risk i'll take risk unlike a lot of people so i understand with any business there's risk but you know i mean it's uh that's a market that's sort of new and may come and go the whole vintage record thing and then you know books are what they are anyway uh i guess i would ask a general question of if if that's a good idea or should i do that or yeah no that's a great question actually and most people ask about love and money yeah, well, so, I mean, I, are... I, my wife says she loves me, so. Oh, I mean, we're not going to do that. But... <laughs> I think I don't think on the live thing I should do anything about my wife. Uh, but not. but I think that's a good specific business to check on, <laughs> especially since it doesn't exist yet. So we'll see. We're going to call it a jam book and records. And uh, the reason is my children's initials are all J-A-M. And so my idea is to have a section that's each of my children. So I'm four. So there's the Jer- the Alex section that'll have his. It won't be divided by subject. The subjects he's interested in are in that section, and then Jade's section will have the subject matter she's interested because in, they're all different. So I thought that was a unique way to do it. That is that sounds very fun for me anyway. You know they may not care, but all right. And I do take forever to shuffle cards. It does look like a new deck though. It is. Like you hadn't jacked um, with it. I haven't. That's why I'm kind of shuffling them because I'm mm-hmm. like, these are all, they were still in order. I used to, I carried a, what I called a purse deck for a while. And mm-hmm. then I was like, you know, these things weigh a ton. I'm, I'm going to have to not do this. But I found this little pocket-sized deck. And it's been riding around with me, but I've never used it. Oh, okay. I get to be the first. Hopefully the that's first. good luck. It's only bad luck if I drop all of them on the floor. (laughs) That's what's going to happen. The last shuffle, she's going to drop all the tarot cards. My very first tarot reading that I ever had done, um, not that I was doing, but I went to an event, she handed me the cards to shuffle, and that's exactly what I did, was I dropped them all on the floor. Well, you're still here, so that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow. All right. Let me focus myself. There we go. Finally learned how to shuffle. Hang on. It's very new deck. They're all still stuck together. Wow. What? what? This is crap. I hope that's not bad luck. <laughs> ah, no. As much abuse as tarot cards take, man, no. I know people that have beloved decks that they've got stuff spilled on them. They're like, ah, oh, it has character. Can't see anything. All right. So my little tiny. Not that anybody's gonna be able to see this. If we if we get whatever, we can hold them up, and show the camera, and see them. That is true. Okay, so. We've got six cards, and everyone reads tarot a little differently, which is the great thing about tarot. Uh, So out of these six cards, you have five major arcana cards. So the way I interpret that is that when there are, so backtrack, tarot is divided into two two big sections. 
the first one is called the Major Arcana, which has all the cards that you're used to seeing from television. Um, the Magician, the Fool, Death, um, those sort of things. And then there is the, the majority of the tarot deck, which are the suits that look a little bit like playing cards. And so when I see a majority of major arcana cards, um, either together in a group or as part of the whole reading, that tells me that this is possibly kind of a milestone thing happening. Um, it's, it's important, uh, which is what I often say, but of course it's your life, it is important to you. But this is gonna be one of those things you kind of look back on and go, hey, remember when we were talking about this? Remember when we opened this? It's gonna be one of those sort of before and after things. So you have five of those. Um, first one is, you still can't see that, the Empress. Can I touch them? Or oh, yeah, I don't care. Move it closer. You, you talk about it while I hold it up. So if you wanted a... Oh, wrong one. A, I, yeah, I don't know what I'm looking at either. If you wanted a quick one-card yes or no answer, is this a good idea? The Empress is going to give you the green light. Hmm. This is promising, not promising, um, there are no absolutes in tarot, but this is saying that this venture is, you know, has a family element, which you just told me. So that's, that's not a secret here. Uh, but you're looking for something that you kind of love that you're invested in, uh, something that you want to kind of bring, bring in or make part of your, your lifestyle and your empire. You two are building an empire kind of like we are, we think we are. Uh, so the Empress is wonderful things it is prosperity and abundance it is love um, it is great for relationships and family on top of all of that uh, so quick and dirty the empress is there you know i say this is going to be a good venture this is going to be be fun uh, the next one is the ace of wands I'll let you hold that one up and this one's just sort of doubling down on the fact that this is something you're passionate about. It's a pet project. It's not a, I need to or I have to. It's I want to. I'm invested in this. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there are fun aspects of it in there for you. And it's also the the motivation and the drive to go make it happen. This is telling me that you have ideas and things, and you're you're also going to follow through with them because that's important. And you may you may know more so than others, but you would be surprised how often people don't follow through with their their ideas and dreams and plans yeah i'm, I'm aware of that i, I, tend, <laughs> I, thought you I might tend to be. not have a problem with that <laughs> yes I did, I did not think you would this one you might have more of a problem with uh-oh so yeah that one doesn't look good it does not so it's the tower card all right so the tower is no one's favorite card it's disruption ah Every other card in here, things are going to go fine. This I would take as a clarifying card. Uh, so the clarifying card is the five of wands. Sometimes this helps focus that card a little bit more, give it a little more um, clarity. Not often, I'll be very honest. But disruption, I don't, I don't see this being a deal breaker, anything that's going to be a major setback in all honesty. Uh, the Five of Wands lends me to believe it's, I don't know who, who's going to be in this business venture with you, but maybe there's some creative conflicts, a little bit of, well, I want this, but I want that, or, or even the, should I do this? You're, you're already buying stock, so I think you're, you're going to go through with it no matter what. But there might be some some personality conflicts in here, if that makes any any sense. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Well, it could also be disrupt the market in a positive way. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, always put a positive spin on things. Uh, but you've got you have cards two, one, and zero in a row. Um, so you've got the high priestess. And you being the probably the more the more logical, the more as you say, like here and now in the physical world. I don't know how I don't know how much you, you listen to your intuition or take that into consideration. But that is really what the high priestess talks about is is listening to that. Let that kind of guide you. And taking the time to sit down and think things through. Don't just rush into them. Have a plan. And so the, uh, the High Priestess is the card that 
gives us space to sit and think and formulate the plan before we rush off and start doing things. Uh, but doing things is exactly what's next because you have the magician card. This one is the, the poster boy for tarot. You see lots of magician images. And this is the card of making, making it happen. It is the having everything in that you need at your, at your fingertips, essentially. You, you've got the ability, you've got the, the resources, the connections, whatever it takes to, to make this store happen, you've already got it. And it's you know, up to you if you're gonna follow through with it, which I think you are. I don't think that's a big issue. And then the last one is the fool. <laughs> that one's probably the most accurate. <laughs> we are all the fool. Uh, so the fool card is, it's the very first card in tarot. And tarot, the way it's laid out, the way I teach tarot is this idea of the fool's journey. So the fool, we are all the fool and we go to all the other cards in the tarot deck to have experiences to learn. But the fool, this is, you know, Another, if you needed a quick and quick and fast yes or no, this is this is a yes. Um, the fool is new beginnings, starting new ventures, new projects, new store. Uh, it's also kind of a divine timing card. If you've been, you know, concerned, is now a good time for this? Should we hold off? You know, what what does the market look like? What do our finances look like? The fool is is kind of the universe going, no, now, now. This is this is good timing. This is your green light. Now, that doesn't mean there won't be hiccups. You do have the tower card, but that is life. But you're not going to, the universe is probably not going to let you fail. They want you to do this. They want you to do it now. So yes, it could be rough, could have some issues, but this is, this is a leap of faith that isn't, isn't going to let you down. Cool. So. Well, that sounds very positive. It is. And I get that it's all open to interpretation too, to some Absolutely. degree, but uh, I think it's interesting. So like the death card, when it pops up, obviously people are like, oh no, but is, does it automatically mean like death or is it? I love the death card, um, which is very weird because truly the death card is just about change. It and the tower card are both change happening. Death card, I like a little bit more. It's a little softer, a little more gentle of a change. Usually, not usually, it can be a change that we initiate. We leave one job to start a new one. We end a relationship so that we can have a better one. Uh, it is that that ending and transitioning into the new. Uh, some, some tarot decks like to rename some of the cards that have a kind of have a harsh label on them, like death and the tower. Uh, a lot of times death is renamed as rebirth. Uh, which I do like, the tower often called disruption. Um, but it's it's just the cycle of change that we must go through to evolve and grow. Uh, now that being said, I hate change. Uh, <laughs> I think mo I think most people do. I think we do too. You know, it's it's scary. It's unknown. I'm not a risk taker, mm -hmm. so I don't I don't like to do anything that I'm like eh, it might not work out. Uh, but it's it's absolutely necessary. Uh, now, doing that, is it because you're, uh, the reason this is supposed to have some success, and I'm sure that's what you believe, is it for, because you're in tune with stuff? Is there something that you would, you or whoever is in tune, or the deck is? Like, why is it considered so mystical? I don't know. No. I don't know why it's, it's such a a closed sort of mystical secret it's it's not tarot's been around forever not forever but for a long time and it's been mass produced since the early 1900s mm -hmm. and i think it gets a lot of stigma it's stigmatized um, by the church and and culture and society in general who don't understand it tarot is i mean the tarot cards themselves it, it's paper and ink mm -hmm. it's pretty pictures there's they're not going to hurt you <laughs> might hurt your feelings that's a whole different story yeah but they're not evil in themselves they have no power um over you or anyone else and like i said anybody can read tarot you just have to practice and 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 learn and be dedicated to doing so now the cards have sort of set what i call like textbook definitions but everybody also has their own experiences they can that kind of 
filter or color the way they look at life, which is going to come through in a tarot reading. But, I, you know, I when I do readings, I do have a little prayer that I say in my head. I don't really like saying things out loud when I do when I do spiritual work. Um, it's a weird problem I have. But I have a little prayer that I say, and a lot of people do this. I learned this from one of my teachers of I call on my, my deities and my guides, who I think are the most helpful for divination work. And I ask that the veil be removed, um, that, that sort of mythic, I'm not even sure it actually exists anymore, veil between our world and the spirit world, um, so that I can sort of see what, what the divin, uh, divination is, is trying to tell me. I ask that I be a clear channel for spirit and that my ego be removed. Uh, and that is, you know, we, we talk a lot in magic about the ego and it, you know, it has a negative connotation, but we, we need the ego to survive. But it, I'm just asking that, that, that need, that perfectionist in, in me can, can go sit down. I'm, I'm not going to be a hundred percent correct. We're, we're human. It's not, it's not possible, but just that that part of me that needs to be perfect and needs that sort of reassurance of, yeah, yeah you're doing good. You're doing good. It can go sit in the corner while I do this. Um, so that I can be a, a clear, direct channel for, for spirit. And I can give you the message that you need in a way that you need to hear it or in a way that you can hear it, rather. So I think people, long answer, short answer long, anybody can do this, anybody can learn it, but people that have um, a more spiritual leaning may be a little bit better at it, just that and it doesn't matter which way that spiritual leaning goes, but that trust in the universe and the divine um, and having a close uh, connection and relationship that, that we talk every day kind of thing will make doing any sort of divination um, easier and, and more accurate. So on, uh, and, and if you want, you can leave those because in a minute we'll get Josh to do a picture sure. so that everybody can see uh, exactly what we got on the, the table, so to speak. Um, so let's talk a little bit about... Um, I'm interested in this because so I just lost in the last two months my father well Josh and I both it's our daddy we lost our daddy yeah. and my uh, longtime best friend uh, Aaron so in that that they're both you know very recent and uh -huh. so it's made me uh, reflect on a lot of stuff like uh, just silly things like for example I have this bourbon collection right that for years I just get all this fancy bourbon and I have it it just sits there collects dust and then it struck me that I'll never get to have a bourbon with Aaron, you know, like yeah. never again. He's mm -hmm. he's gone from this plane. So like, you know, obviously people I think are more open when things like that happen to the afterlife. Yeah. And you know, being a Christian, I have my own views on it, but I'm open that there are things we don't know. I think anyone who says they know for sure um struggle I struggle with that because we don't, you know, until we're right. in until we're crossing over or wherever, yeah. we don't know. So what do you think about that? Like, do you view it as there's a level to it or that people are just around always? Like, what's the, what do you, what do you think? So I also have my, my own opinion, my own idea of what happens. Mm -hmm. um, and I, as I've, I've learned to say to people, I'm perfectly willing to be wrong. And mm -hmm. we, again, we won't know till we get there what it, what it looks like. Uh, well, to some degree, though, if you really feel like you commune with folks that have crossed over mm -hmm. that's a little different you know because like i'm saying i'm open to that i'm not yeah. saying you were wrong but i'm saying like my view is i can't say one way or the other i can't say you're wrong i can't say that you know what i mean right so i guess what i'm saying is if you feel like that you have more insight into that what is the insight well my let me let me preface with my views on on what's next and how how spirit communication like that might work is heavily influenced by my friends who are spiritualists. That is their, their, a religious practice for them. Uh, and I have done mediumship sessions with these, with these people who are mediums and spoken to spirits that are, or people that have passed away, that, that, that are in spirit, who were able to share a little bit of information. Now the idea is that when you, if you can, if you can communicate with this, you know, with your father um, or your friend Aaron, you might be able to ask, you know, what's it like? What do you do? They might be able to answer you. That might be secret information, essentially. I think that our loved ones that that precede us in death, um, 
they go, they kind of get a life review. I think we all kind of, it's like judgment. We all go, we, we kind of look at the book or watch the video, whatever it might be, and go, hey, you see what you did there? You, did you learn the lesson? Did you, you know, we know we're not supposed to do that. Okay, good. Uh, and you, you kind of do that and you acclimate to being in spirit. You acclimate to not having a body, not having the same connections, ties, problems. But then once, once the spirit is sort of settled um, in the afterlife, if they want to, I believe they can come and visit. And then kind of go back and forth as, as they please or as they're allowed or whatever the case might or might not be. I know uh, when my mother died, she's been gone uh, coming up on, on 10 and a half years now. And she had health issues, but it was still an unexpected death. And it traumatized me. That was that was the year after she died when I got fired. It was all of that kind of. It was, rough, kinda, it was, time, it was yeah. a bad year. I wasn't dealing with things well, and we were very close. She was my best friend. I'm an only child. Uh, we did everything together. Uh, we functioned as twins in many ways. And I remember, you know, I woke up that Monday morning, the Monday after the Super Bowl. Thanks, thanks, mom, for ruining the Super Bowl <laughs> for me. Uh, and two red lights outside my window. My dad hadn't even come to get me out of the bedroom. It was, I woke up to an ambulance there and she was dead. And I had a dream later that week where she came to me and said, look, I'm busy, but if you really, 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 really need me, I can come, but I am busy. And I was like, okay, thanks. Or, or something along those lines. Um, and since then we, we do have visitations. Sometimes she comes to me in dreams and it's hard to describe if you've ever had one, you kind of know. It, it feels differently than just a random dream. It feels like you're visiting with that person. And a lot of times we're not doing anything important. We're in the kitchen where I grew up. She's The last one, she was putting dishes away in the cabinet. We were just mm-hmm. talking. It meant nothing other than I got to visit with my mom for a few minutes. Um, there have been other times where I have sat down and reached out to her and been, Mom, I, I really, really need to talk to you. And sometimes I feel like she shows up, and but not always. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think they're allowed to come and go once they've acclimated, and I think that acclimation period is very important. Um, hmm. I don't know if that is helpful. Yeah, no. So so I, I didn't <laughs> no. tell you this at the beginning. No, it does. What I mean is, uh, so my partner Brian is big into all this kind of stuff, right? He has yeah. unique views. And uh, I say unique, they're maybe not that unique, but uh, different than mine, right? Mm -hmm. So when I was in law school, he had this, uh, there was this, uh, what did she call herself? I'm not sure what she would call herself, sort of like a medium. But she would do like life path readings and and claim to communicate with like a loved one and sort of you had a spiritual guide type thing. And I think her whole view was... That you've lived before, you're here to learn some lesson. These folks are trying. You know, it's a lot of times yep. this is supposed to be even the same souls in that circle that are sort of all rotating in different positions to teach you stuff. Yeah, and so familiar. he wanted me to go, and so I had a, uh, uh, I was in a, I was having a rough time my second year of law school, and he was like, "You need to go. You got to go." And it was really expensive. I remember this. This one was he was expensive. Anyway, so he pays for me to go. So I go, and yeah. I had a thing where I wasn't gonna. Um, um, like show any signs. I was going to like, I, I wasn't going to be like, Oh, are you feeling? And I, I was just going to be silent and it was either was, or it wasn't, you know? Yeah. So anyway, uh, one of the things I did is I went in, I didn't want her to know that I was married. So I had taken my, my ring off and left it in the, in the console, of the car. And cause I thought, you know, some of the things she'll know, if you Google me, you could find stuff, you know, whatever, right. maybe I was trying to get away from all of that. Mm-hmm. Well, literally, one of the first things she said, and she did a lot of the, the things you're saying that you do in your head, she did verbally. She did, like, this prayer thing yeah. about her, all this kind of stuff. And then she, um, one of the first things that she said they were coming through on was ring on, ring off, ring on, ring off, that I'd taken the ring off. And, and I had been like this in per, on purpose, so you couldn't, couldn't see, see a tan line or yeah. nothing, you know. And uh, anyway, some of it was pretty on, and, you know, some of it was kind of general, I guess, but... One thing that she said was, uh, they show me with you at a desk with some light coming in and a bunch of papers on your desk, and you look, this is, you're an older version, but you seem happy and busy, and she's like, did you just, are you in law school? Like, could have Googled it, but very on the head on Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So my point is, you know, I'm open that there are people that are in tune with things I am not, you know, in martial arts, 
I was very in tuned and got so good at like reading people sparring that it almost looked like a superpower. Like they would move and I'd already be out of the way because I had done it so long I could read their movements. And I also realized that may be a skill that I had other people didn't. So similarly, I think there are people that can do some of this kind of stuff. I'm just very interested in it because it's so a skill I don't have. <laughs> we always want the thing or we're interested in the thing that we, we don't think we can <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I probably couldn't do what you do. I think with the training, you kind of like you said, you're probably like me. Uh, I think with training, anybody can do. Uh, I mean, I do have a second degree green belt in Taekwondo. But oh, see, there you go. You already that started was, on the way. That was many years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like what you're talking about there. Be kind of being able to like read them and and see what they're most likely going to do in mm-hmm. response to what you do. That's practice. That's experience. That is living it over and over and over Mm -hmm. and so yes that is a a level of of magic that you have over your students Mm -hmm. that they at some point could have as well if they they put in the dedication that you've put in Mm -hmm. yeah i do think with what i know one of your students okay or previous former students i don't Uh, know he's uh he's very amazed by you oh okay well that's good at least as long as it wasn't negative (laughs) no 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 he's he's impressed with everything that you do and how you can stay so busy and and you know every you know that's the thing that people commonly say to me is I don't say you do all you do but you know the thing is I don't do it all I have people that help me I'm very there blessed to have good people around me that help where I get and then also the, the things that I do are things I would have done anyway so like this <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy talking to you right I enjoy defending people. My whole life, I've been like this bully preventer. I enjoy representing people in court because I feel like I'm protecting them, you know, right. from bullies. I enjoy martial arts. I enjoy the restaurant. I like to eat and I like bourbon, you know. So it's like I don't do anything that's really work, and that makes it a lot easier to do it all the time. Uh, but anyway, it, I digress. But it, it's interesting because that's one of the first observations people have, and that's one of the observations that I always struggle with because it's not. I don't feel it's difficult at all. It's all things that I enjoy doing, you know. So anyway, no, um, having a great team is. I'm sure you're probably so feeling important. the same way. How's it been splitting? Let's shift real quick, um, yeah. and we'll, we'll tie it up in a minute. We're getting a little long, which just tells you I like talking to you. Aww, <laughs> but you. but uh, how's it working business wise, running the two locations? Because I have found that to be a, a new challenge. Well, we are. I don't know, two, three months into it. So mm-hmm. it is it is still a little new and it is still a little of adjustment. But I think we've, we've finally got a rhythm going. Uh, we Again, we have a great team uh, in Memphis and in Jackson. We've got two, two local ladies in Jackson that uh, manage and work at the Jackson store. Uh, we've got, we found a tarot reader. Uh, we found this wonderful spiritual lady who does tarot readings and sound healings and um, some other things that I'm not still sure that I understand yet, uh, but she's there quite a bit as well, offering readings, kind of just some energetic support to uh, to the store. And Stephen and I kind of go up once a week. Uh, he's he's supposed to be going up tomorrow. He usually takes like a Wednesday, and I typically go up on Saturdays um, to kind of help out. But usually once a week, one of us will go up. You know, we kind of have to do the, the paperwork and all the accounting in the back room things or bring that back to Memphis so we can do it. But, um, but I mean, it's, so far it hasn't been that difficult of a transition. It's really not. You know, well, the, you've got eight years of experience with the, the other, the first location. Yes. And I so I would say for people watching and, and uh, you, because you've had good experience and done it right, may not have this observation. But I tried to expand too quickly many times. I've, I've had what I thought was a relatively successful business, and then I open a second location, and you got to have the base business down. That business model's got to be down. When I was, uh, I bought my martial arts school in uh, 2000, and my goal at the time was to be this martial arts empire guy. I've always been expand, grow, <laughs> expand ever since I was a kid. Anyway, so I bought the place, I was 20 or 21. And um, I was the youngest at that. And in that organization, I was the youngest guy in the organization to own a martial arts uh, franchise. So a year later to the day, a year later to the day, I opened my second location. The problem was I didn't have the depth of students that had been trained under me to be instructors. 
to have instructors in the new location and I didn't even really have the business down solid and I still so in six months that location closed because I mm-hmm. didn't have instructors for it couldn't do it that was my first experience and then I had similar experiences early on here when we have two offices now but I tried to expand literally a year into being a lawyer with other people and just so I say this not for you I say this for anybody watching if you're looking to open additional locations it's very very important in my opinion to have your base location uh, solid you got to have a good business model solid ready to replicate in new markets um, before you jump ship to a new location absolutely and and know your markets too that's one of the things that we we spend a little time with sort of unofficially for the last year, year and a half, we've been kind of going, well, how many customers do we have from this area? Mm-hmm. We have people that, that regularly drive to Memphis from Little Rock to come see us. And we highly, you know, seriously considered opening a store in Little Rock. And I we, we both had misgivings about trying to open a store in a, a different state. Yeah. I was like, the first time we expand, let's not take on that monster. Um, and so we just kind of started looking, and, and we realized we had a, a, a lot of people coming from the Jackson area coming to Memphis to see us. And we started talking to them and asking them, like, oh, you live there. What's going on? What's happening? And Blue Oval City is, is coming. You know, we're trying to get in a little bit ahead of that. Um, so we, we knew that we had customers and clientele there. Mm-hmm. It would have been ridiculous to open a store in Jackson, Tennessee, without knowing that there were people there that that would come and support us yeah i think that's another great observation that uh i have learned over the years too is you need to know the market you're going in you need to know who your customer is and if this market you're entering has that customer so yeah that's great that you 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 notice that because i think that's a mistake a lot of business owners make they're like well i like doing this i'm gonna open this business here uh, because it's a mile from my house but it may be the like i'll give you an example a gourmet dog food store you can open it in Collierville, exactly. Cordova, where people have, you know, $100,000 extra money to blow on their dog. Yep. But if you open it in Mason, Tennessee, not knocking Mason, probably not going to make it over there, you know? No, no exactly. Yeah. No. Cool. Well, why don't you do this? Because I've been I've taken a lot of your time. And, and thank you, by the way, for being open to talk to me and do all this. I, I enjoy it. I do, too. Um, but tell everybody again about the broom closet, where to find you, all that kind of stuff. So the broom closet, uh, we have our Memphis location downtown at 552 South Main Street. Uh, We have our Jackson, Tennessee location. We're at 202 Carriage House Drive, uh, right off of exit 82. Uh, We also have an online presence, thebroomclosetmemphis.com if you're in Memphis, thebroomclosetjackson.com if you're in Jackson. Uh, We have an online store, so both of those feed into our online store if you need anything there. We ship uh, to the lower 48 for a flat rate of $7.95. You can also book reading services there as well. We do tarot readings. We do aura and chakra readings. Uh, And then, like I said, our lady in Jackson also works with tuning forks. So she does tuning fork sessions. Uh, And we do workshops and events every weekend, basically. Cool. Well, and then the last thing I would say to people watching is, you know, I think, me and Emily had a pretty good conversation, even though, you know, we probably have different views on a lot of things. And I think that's a lesson for the world <laughs> is yes. people that are different than us or maybe have different views are not bad people. It's just that they have a different view. And if you're open minded, sometimes you can learn things from right. each other. And the only way to do that is by talking about them. So, you know, anybody that watched and is like, oh, no, there's witchcraft and all this. It doesn't necessarily based on what she's telling me, it sounds more like therapy anyway. So, we call uh, it spicy therapy. Yeah, spicy. I guess I, I guess maybe it's more spicy if I do it without my clothes on. That might make it different, right? That That is a different branch <laughs> than what we do. I know those people. I can hook you up. Yeah, that's, that's not what we do. Okay. So uh, will, will you guys be at the Coming to Comic Con this year? I thought we would. Are they, yeah, Josh? Steven, yeah, Steven I don't handle the, me. I don't handle the vendors. Did he actually send in the, the application? So. Yes, yeah. Stephen told me the other day that okay. they were going to be there. I yeah. thought we would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, so again, people think that this company Comic Con, hey, Jerry's at the guy. I don't even know how what's going. Like yeah, Josh me, and Tara me have and been Tara handling it. Yeah, and then I'll just shake my butt as Budget Batman. It'll be great. Well, thank you for being on, Emily. No, thank you for having me, Jerry. And all you that watched us, thank you for spending some time with us today. As always, I want to remind you, to like follow and subscribe to the podcast uh, we are on youtube all we're also on audio versions on podcast platforms please check us out been on tiktok now for a while got a good number of followers there there is some some legal information on there for entertainment purposes only uh and then some dancing right josh sure 
And then <laughs> N.A. The Band Inside My Head is available for free, so please check that out. They're very talented, and uh, I talk about them all the time, so hopefully you guys have given them a, a listen. Uh, they got a lot of shows coming up, too. And then um, Michelle Allen's been a longtime supporter of the show. If you're buying, selling, renting, leasing real estate, or you just have questions in general in the area, just holler at Michelle Allen. She's very nice, very helpful to new people in the community. Mason's High Octane Martial Arts is where I do magic. You can come uh, visit masonmartialarts.com, and I'll be glad to teach you how to kick folks and swing nunchucks and et cetera. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Old or young, you should do martial arts. And, of course, the cellar, I was just telling you about that, open seven days a week. Currently, we have a Covington location. We're opening our uh, Somerville location, hopefully, I think, August 1st, tentatively. We'll see. And then uh, Masonite Digital Marketing, Josh will help you with your uh, your branding, your website, uh, social media campaigns, videos, whatever stuff you need help with. Just visit MasoniteMarketing.com. He'll help you. And then last but not least, you heard us talk about, and the broom closet will be there. You can come visit them at Covington Comic Con, returning to the Civic Center August 12th and 13th. Uh, lots of cool pop culture stuff there. Good, great vendors. Uh, we got some cool cars coming. What we got confirmed on cars, Josh? I know the Batmobile for sure, and then more than likely the Ghostbuster car. Yeah, the Batmobile is awesome. Budget, uh, I say budget Bl- Batman. Bl- Bluff City. Bluff City Batman. <laughs> Bluff City Batman will be there. And uh, he's got the car, the actual car from the '89 Batman uh, replica. Movie. Of it, Repl- replica. Well, I mean, it's an actual. Looks like it. It's right, the same same right. car, um, but it's legit. I actually haven't gotten to see it yet. I'm excited that he's coming. So anyway, you guys join us for that, and uh, hopefully you'll join us again for another Law Talk. We have them. We try to be live every Tuesday. Next week is Fourth uh, of July week, so we do have a pre-recorded one. It'll be up then. But hopefully you have a good week. Till I see you again, you guys keep kicking. Thanks for watching, guys. Just remember that this is not legal advice or investment advice or business advice. This is for fun and entertainment purposes only.